Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but you all know the drill. we got to let it breathe just a moment while we make sure we've got our Facebook tribe all together with us under the same tent. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. My fellow football priest and deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you know, we're at that point in the season, in the offseason, I should say, where the rumor and the storylines and the speculation, and it's just one big ball of wax that is going to keep rolling. Probably a better metaphor you know, it's like the little snowball that starts small at the top of the mountain by the time it gets to the – we're still like the snowball of the off-season rumors and Deshaun Watson. It's still like this. Like it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. But we got to show up every day, and we got to talk about the very latest. And one of the latest is what Jerry Judy had to say about the prospect in a very kind of just uh, cringe interview about Deshaun Watson. Tell, tell our listeners in case they missed it what he had to say. I'll pull up the tweet. Uh, yeah, apparently uh, Judy went on Denver radio today, and of course he was asked about uh, Deshaun Watson and uh, what it would mean for him to play with the Broncos, and apparently Jerry Judy's all for it. He said, as you can see right there, it would be, you know, in other words, it'd be great to have a quarterback like Watson in the building, be exciting. He's a great quarterback. He's had a great career at Houston. We are looking forward to a decision. And, you know, you can judge him on the on the way he structured that comment. I believe it was just like a very template-type answer. Great player. He'd love to have him in Houston. And like everybody else, or love to have him in Denver, like everybody else, Jerry Judy is waiting to see where Deshaun Watson's going to go. But he has a teammate, Jerry Judy does, and Kareem Jackson, who's actively trying to make it happen, where there's smoke, there's fire, Chad. So, maybe. Yeah, and then we piggyback that. On top of Kareem Jackson, who we've talked about on a couple of previous episodes, his social media saying, you know, hey, I'm hearing everything about Deshaun. Trust, I'm working on it. Well, then he gives an interview to TMZ, and I'm not going to quote it, so I'll I'll paraphrase, but he says something to the effect of, I have talked to Deshaun about Denver and, you know, kind of pitching Denver as an attractive destination. And suffice to say, Denver's on his list. And that ends up going, Zach, hand in hand. <clears throat> with uh, what what Mike Cliss said on the radio Tuesday morning, but I actually want to put a pin on the Mike Cliss thing till we get our guest Scott Kennedy on the horn here in just a minute or so. But yeah, the the rumors are just continuing to swirl. I think you're right on this topic. 
where there is smoke, there is fire. And we'll talk more about Cliss, but there's no doubt there's fire. Yeah, and uh, it's it's interesting, though, again, Jerry Judy's out there advocating for a better quarterback like he's an established receiver, like he didn't drop, you know, two-thirds of Locke's passes last season. It's an interesting comment that a second-year guy who had a tough rookie year really shouldn't be making, but he's still young, he's still very much immature, and he's not the greatest interviewer. So going forward, we have to be prepared. When Jerry Judy's behind a mic, let's all kind of cover our ears. Yeah, God bless him. He's a great athlete. He's a phenomenal receiver. He is one of the worst interviews in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, the dude just hates so it. He you hates have it or moment. you don't have it. Yeah. Uh, Josh, appreciate that super chat, my friend. It's good to have you back in the stream with us. He says, Jerry is the worst interviewer. Not everyone is made for the press. LOL. Exactly. Excellent yeah. point, guys. We got a lot to get to. And John, appreciate that super. He says, what's up with Jerry's interview? He sounded so dumb. We'll get to more of that later. Uh, first, though, we got to get to – well, first of all, we got a great guest on tonight. Scott Kennedy, he was at the Senior Bowl. All right, this is the guy who's covered the the NFL, the NFL draft, college football for decades. All right, P- pioneer in the field. We're gonna get his insight on some of the stuff, the risers and the and the things he was able to uh, you know get firsthand eyes on at the Senior Bowl, as well as some of these Bronco topics because this is a guy whose whose insight is extremely valuable here at MHH. But before we bring on Scott, we got to say hello and thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped. Guys, we talk about this now. We're, we're over a month into 2021. 2020 is behind us, right? Let's let's put it behind us. Come out of quarantine. It's time to embrace the new year, new me mindset. And what better way to do that, to cultivate that, than with Manscaped? Because Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, helping over 2 million men around the world Keep their male grooming on point. If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, maybe Manscaped is here to help you reboot, stay clean and shaved Zach in 2021. Yeah. I just was playing with this for a second and I'm actually surprised that as you can see in here, it still has charge. I just used this earlier this afternoon and I use this very frequently for nose hair, for ear hair, for your facial cleanup. It holds a charge forever, guys. I mean, I charged this fully about, I'd say a week and a half ago, and still it's full of life, good grip, it's affordable, it's easy to use, it's easy to, uh, you know, finesse with your hands, get in those crevices, get in those spaces. You have the weed whacker, you have the lawnmower, anything you want to use for any part of your body. It's not taboo anymore. It's 2021, time to step into the light, and what better light than to shine it upon yourself and look better with Manscaped. Step your game up. Man, step it up, all right? Come out of quarantine, well-groomed, below the waist. With the Lawnmower 3.0, you guys have seen me show this off. It's got the light. It's got the the skin-safe technology, and it holds the charge for a long, long time. You can take it in the shower with you. You're not worried about getting water damage. There are so many different options. You've heard us talk about the cologne, the wipes, the different things to keep your male grooming on point. So embrace the new year, new me mindset with Manscaped right now. Go to manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off and free shipping as long as you use the code HUDDLE. Your family jewels will thank you. Yes, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, guys, and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. Happy New Year to you and happy February to you and your family jewels. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. All right, let's bring on Scott Kennedy. This is a, a longtime friend and colleague of ours, a great friend to me, Scott Kennedy, who was down at uh, the Senior Bowl covering the things for us in uh, Mobile. Dude, thanks for making some time for us tonight. How are you, my friend? Doing good. You know, you talk about, you know, covering this for decades. You just made me sound old. And then we go right <laughs> to the landscapes. I'm like, that stuff becomes more important as you get older because you start getting, you know, hair where you weren't really expecting it and you start yep. losing where you thought you had it. So, Yep. I'm all in, guys. <laughs> 20% off free shipping. Promo code huddle. <laughs> Appreciate you, Scott. You Checks in the mail. Remember uh, uh, from uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, always be closing. Scott got the memo. He's always closing. All right. This is a professional. So, Scott, dude. Time in, uh, good time in Mobile. <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit about that. I know, obviously, your view of things in, in Mobile was kind of more macro. You were looking at all the players. You know, you were picking up whatever buzz you could on from, from all the teams, but – who were uh, who were maybe some of the risers that really caught your attention? By the way, gang, you got to go subscribe to his channel. We've been sharing his videos in our community tab on YouTube. Subscribe for some excellent, excellent draft content. But who are some of the risers that, that caught your eye down there? Well, I, I think one of the easy ones, uh, and maybe my favorite prospect down there overall was Spencer Brown, a uh, big offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. And when I say big, I mean big. Uh, six foot eight and a half. Yes, six foot eight and a half, 315 pounds. Um, and what's interesting is he's on the right side there and you see him come out hard and he's the one firing down. Look how light on his feet he is. He's chasing that, that running back upfield. He is so low in his stance that he just, if he's on the opposite side and you're, if he's on the right tackle and you're on the left side, you don't see him. He's, he's so flexible and that's what's amazing to me. And if you look at his wingspan, yeah, he still has a, an amazing wingspan because he's, he's six foot eight. But it's similar to guys who have those super long arms that are like six four, six five. So the, the kid's got a five hundred pound bench press at six foot wow. eight. That's insane. And you, he, so you see him, and and you know, I know we're we're not talking about the University of Colorado, but there's still some probably some Broncos fans that remember Nate Soldier while he was there. He's farther ahead than Soldier was in every aspect of the game, and Soldier's been in the league for ten years and was a first round draft pick. So. That's one of those guys to me that really caught my attention. Um, so I'm looking forward to see where he goes. I've seen him go in the first round in a couple of mocks already. It seems like Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh guys are on this guy. So keep keep an eye on him for sure. Judging from his tape, I get some Mecky Becton vibes just from his size alone. You know, 6'8", just a monster of a, a mauler of alignment. So it's interesting. Scott, I asked Luke Patterson, he's our MHH, uh, you know, draft correspondent. He was down there in Mobile as well. I asked him about Mac Jones. 
What did you see from him? He had a great showing in practice. He picked up an injury, but he did what he had to do overall. What was your impression of how his uh, how he, he graded out in Mobile? I, I loved Mac Jones, and I, I thought he was the most consistent guy there. There were six quarterbacks there uh, th- through the week, and I thought he was the most consistent. Um, does he have that huge arm? You know, I'm not. I don't know that he does. But do you need it? You know, we're talking about a guy right. that is similar to one that you guys were talking about earlier, Deshaun Watson. That's someone who he reminds me of, Deshaun. Uh, doesn't come out and throw the ball through, you know, through the brick wall like, you know, the all-time great John Elway, but he puts the ball in the right places. He sets the play, and and to me, what what I love most about Mac Jones is he's fearless in the face of the rush. People say, well, he's at Alabama, no one touches him. There was a play in the championship game against uh, against Ohio State where he's running a naked boot out to his left, and he turns around. And there's a lineman right in his face. He like he, he lofts the ball up and drops it in a bucket. Um, for, for Najee Harris. And then Najee Harris does the Najee Harris things, which everybody was talking about because it was amazing. But to me, that throw and getting that throw off in the face of the rush and what he's able to do with the rush in his face and the adjustments that he's able to make and his, his intermediate to short-term accuracy while still being able to throw a nice long ball, maybe not that 20-yard out. I'm interested to see that at the combine. But to me, he's just got quarterback written all over him. We see some of these guys that are just, you know, amazing throwers. Man, this guy knows how to play the position. I love him. I I talked about on, on allfalcons.com uh, that he could be a long-term replacement for Matt Ryan. Do they take him at four? No, I think that's probably too high. The next day, the beat writer for the Atlanta Falcons official site is talking about Mac Jones at four. <laughs> so he's definitely he's definitely a hot prospect without a doubt. I, I I think I think he's gonna be a good pro for a long, long time, similar to the same reasons I love Deshaun Watson, because he's so damn smart. Let's uh just for a second, I want to come back to the senior bowl, but I know you uh I know especially because of where Deshaun Watson grew up, where he played his his prep ball and he was geographically right in your backyard, and you got a lot of, especially back in your recruiting days, and you were hot on the trail of all that stuff. You got a lot of up close looks at, at Deshaun Watson, and obviously, you know, right now it still kind of feels like a pipe dream for Broncos fans as far as really, you know, the prospect of even landing a Deshaun Watson. But nevertheless, it's continuing to to build up steam with the different reports and, and rumors, and some of the most bona fide Denver insiders are connecting Watson to the Broncos. Tell our listeners just some a little bit about because they might be a little confused because they're like, wait, you just compared the most unathletic quarterback, uh, <laughs> Mac Jones, to Deshaun Watson. Like, what is this guy talking about? But there's actually a reason and a rhyme to that. So just tell our, our listeners a little bit about what you picked up about Deshaun Watson, especially between the years. I, I did, and and right here, if you look, I'm in Johns Creek, Georgia. It's a suburb of, of Atlanta. And Deshaun went to Gainesville High School in Gainesville, Georgia. If you do a MapQuest on that, it's about 25 miles. MapQuest. How old am I? If you do a Google Maps on that, if you do a Google Maps on that, it's about it's about 20, 25 miles. So he he's from here, and he went to you know obviously went to Clemson. If you're comparing arm talent between Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, who's from Cartersville, Georgia, which is about 20 miles the other direction, there's no comparison. Trevor Lawrence is much more of that prototype thrower that has that amazing generational type of talent arm b- before Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was okay on a, on a grand team. We're talking about, you know, elite quarterbacks. 
It was okay. Um, he's not all that fast. He's not a great runner. So when we talk about athleticism, that's not what made Deshaun Watson so good. What made Deshaun Watson so good is he's the smartest quarterback. And I was director of scouting for, for college recruiting at scout.com when he was coming through. Yep. Deshaun Watson's the smartest quarterback I ever watched. Um, and this goes back my first class, maybe 2002, you know, 2003. Um, you know, I want to see Matthew Stafford play, speaking of elite arm talent, uh, in Texas. Mm-hmm. But from a, a, when I said quarterback for Matt Jones, that's what Deshaun Watson is. He, he was the only quarterback I can ever remember seeing who called his own plays at the line of scrimmage in high school. That's unheard of. He was, he was that good. So when we talk about the intangibles, you know, what makes a great quarterback a great quarterback? The stuff that you can't measure. Uh, you know, there, there's a phrase I use in scouting. You know, they say you can't measure someone's heart. Everybody uses that phrase. But the what I added on to that was, but you can damn sure tell if he's got one or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can tell if, they, if, a, if a player is, is just got those in, instincts, that intuitiveness. And when we talk about the intangibles that make a great quarterback, you know, Peyton Manning versus, say, John Elway, you know, is Peyton – John Elway may be the most talented quarterback to ever come through from the running, the size, the arm strength. Peyton Manning isn't anywhere near him, but they were both quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson has all of those it factors, all of those intangibles, the leadership, the smarts, the ability to change a play the line of scrimmage. And and to me, that's what I, I was very confident that he was going to be successful in college. And then moving on to once I saw him in college and moving on, making the next step to the NFL, because he's a brilliant quarterback. And Scott, he has just, plenty of arm talent and all that stuff. He's got enough. He's got the enough factor. He doesn't have the biggest arm, but he's got enough. He still has you still have to have talent. Don't don't get me wrong. It's not all about, you know, a, a guy coming out of the Ivy Leagues who who can't throw. He can still throw the ball. From a football fan to another, where do you think Deshaun ends up this year? I mean, I don't think he's coming to Denver. I know every team is going to line up to offer three, four, five, whatever first-round picks to land him. Where do you think he's playing this season? Houston. <laughs> You're the second guest. Jason Cole said the thing. Was it Jason Cole, Chad? If I, if I, uh, yes. You know, if we're laying odds, Houston's got to be the favorite still, right? I mean, they have to, they have to let him go. I still yeah. think it's going to be a long shot to trade him to. But, you know, I mean, the, the pipe dream is here. We, You know, the Atlanta Falcons, we've got a number four overall pick. Let's send it there and then some um, to, to get a guy like Deshaun Watson. But, you know, you're talking about a $40 million cap hit for Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan is still an upper-tier quarterback. You know, that that's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. will the Falcons draft a quarterback that high at number four? Maybe, um, because this is such a great year for quarterbacks that they might not get this chance again. Um, especially when you got Justin Fields. Another, I went 15 years in Georgia without a quarterback, and then they're just coming out of the woodwork. Um, <laughs> because because uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are about 10 miles apart at Cartersville and Kennesaw. Yeah. So, you know, and then I got Deshaun Watson over here on this side, about 20 miles from me. So it's, it's, been, it's been pretty, pretty special uh, the last, you know, five, 10 years for quarterbacks in, uh, in the Peach State. I got uh, one more for you, Scott. And by the way, guys, any direct questions, if you have anything for Scott from the Senior Bowl, any of his thoughts on the NFL draft, get him in. John will keep an eye. But uh, you were uh, you put a bug in my ear about this corner from Oklahoma. And I want to put I want to put your video. And by the way, guys, you have to get out there and subscribe to Scott's uh, YouTube channel. I put the, the link in the chat stream. Trust on this, especially between now and draft day. It's invaluable content, invaluable insight and analysis. So check that out. 
Uh, but this Trey Brown, talk a little bit about him because, you know, the Broncos, they're in desperate need of cornerback help. All right. I think uh, most of the mocks we're seeing right now at, for the Broncos in nine have them taking a corner or an off ball linebacker. But what they don't need is another nickel corner. They've got two solid nickel corners, one excellent, one of the best nickel corners in Bryce Callahan, and then kind of an up and comer in the song Bassey. They, what they need are boundary guys. Is can this kid Trey Brown? Is he could he hang on the boundary? He's not. He's not going to be in that same level as your first rounders. What I, what I think he can be is is yes, be that nickel guy moving down. And it wasn't a great cornerback class at the Senior Bowl, uh, but if you watch the highlights of Trey Brown in practice in one v ones, the one v ones in in these situations are geared so heavily towards the wide receiver that it's not even funny. If you can guy that even, if you can get a guy at corner that he can even get close to a wide receiver. You got something. And Trey Brown, Trey Brown was making several interceptions. Good size, not huge, but he's 5'10", 190 pounds. Um, you know, good wingspan, you know, at, uh, at, at a little over six feet for his size. So, but he's, he's got a strong lower body, a good jam, good hip turn. And then, and then he, ma- he keeps his eyes in the backfield and makes plays on the ball. So if you're, if you're the Denver Broncos and you go get a number one with your number one, Trey Brown might still be back there at the back end of the draft on, on day two and three, and he might be worth a flyer. And he might be one of those guys that ends up being, you know, we spent all this money and drafted this guy high, and this guy ended up being a better player. So I think he has played himself into uh, that, that role where he, he's going to be drafted because when going into the senior bowl, it was questionable. I think he's a, a for sure guy now. Um, and, I, you know, I look at some of the names that are listed ahead of him, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I like Trey Brown better than a lot of these guys. Well, man, it's uh, I mean, I could we could sit and talk shop for for hours, but man, it's been uh, it's great having you on. And I know you're you're headlong into NFL draft and there's going to be a lot of content uh, coming from you on that front at Scout Kennedy. Obviously, his name's Scott Kennedy, his Twitter account at Scout Kennedy Scott, dude, it's been so fun getting to, t- to talk with you tonight, and hopefully uh, you you can make some time for us. Bet- I mean, there's still a lot of a lot of row left to to hoe between now and the draft. Maybe we can keep bringing you back on and, and oh, bending your ear on what you're discovering uh, as you continue to scout this class. I think it's if it's okay with uh, your your readers and listeners and watchers and all that stuff, I'd be happy to be on here as much as you want to have me. Okay, absolutely. Right on. I think we can we can make we can make something cool, something special happen on that front. So awesome guys. Well again, go follow his his Twitter and on YouTube. You gotta subscribe to that. Trust me on that. I'm 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 subscribed and I'm checking on it every single day because it's you know it's boots on the ground analysis yeah. and insights. So I've got uh, all the quarterbacks, a couple of the running backs, a lot of uh, the, the the defensive linemen, and I'm going to start hitting running backs and wide receivers, uh, loading those up here in the next few days. So uh, there's I've got a lot of senior bowl stuff on there, and then I I'm on the community constantly. So if you have a yeah. question, please hit me up. Okay, well appreciate you, my friend. Always great to see you and talk with you, and we'll see you. We'll talk and, and see you soon. All right. Thanks all. Appreciate you having me on. All right. See you, Scott. Appreciate you, bud. Scott Kennedy. That man has done a lot for me. All right. This, that, that man, I go back with him all the way to the, to the, to the foundation of mile high huddle. And he's just, he's just been a, a great mentor, great friend, great, uh, you know, mover and shaker. Let me just put it that way. So, uh, Scott Kennedy, he's, he's a legend, but this is the overtime podcast network. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Zach, I don't know about, um, you know, the, the corner. I like him. We'll see where he, the, the Trey Brown, where he might fall in the draft. But that tackle that we talked about at the very top yeah. there, Broncos still have some unanswered questions at tackle. You got Elijah Wilkinson, unrestricted free agent. DeMar Dotson not coming back. You don't know what's going to happen with Juwan James. It's not like a desperate need, but it's it's a need. Plus, if something happens to Garrett Bowles, God forbid, what do you do there? You're stuck with the Calvin Andersons of the world, the Jake Rogers of the world. They need to invest in a tackle, maybe not at number nine overall, but starting in the second round, I would look for them to target that spot uh, pretty hard. All right. I know we have a lot of very patient super chats ready to go. Let's grab a couple of them from Rello Takeover. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super. He wants to know what our thoughts are on Chris Cook as the offensive quality control coach. Thanks for bringing that up, my friend. In case you guys missed it, we we don't have a, an article out on it yet at milehighhuddle.com. We will in the very, very near future, probably almost immediately after this pod. But the Broncos hired a new offensive quality control coach uh, by the name of Chris Cook. And here's here's what you need to know about him. I'll just read a few things off the press release that we got from the team. He has five years of full-time collegiate coaching experience. In fact, let me just let me just do this. Bear with me one second. Let me do a quick share screen. We can all follow along, and uh, be on the same page here. Um, All right, hopefully you can see that well. But Cook has five years full-time collegiate coaching experience, most recently working as the tight ends and offensive tackles coach at Akron University. He joined the Zips after two years. He was was, uh, alma mater is University of Tennessee Chattanooga. Uh, During the last three summers, Cook was selected by the NFL to participate in the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship. He spent two training camps with Atlanta, before assisting the Cleveland Browns in 2020. And then last thing I'll read here is, in previous coaching stops, Cook worked with Broncos tight ends coach Wade Harmon in Atlanta, as well as offensive quality control coach Justin Riscotti at Tennessee Chattanooga. So this is a guy that's still just kind of getting his beak wet in terms of the NFL uh, coaching carousel, if you will. But, hey, man, more it, it's great to see him come out of the diversity program and uh, we'll see how how big of an impact or influence he can have, but he's quality control, so it's nothing to get too out over your skis on. 
time to go scout some Akron products. It looks like Chad, he might have some yeah. influence there on, on some of those, uh, what is, what is it? T- uh, tight ends and tackles. Yep. He coached there. Yep. So that's, that's worth he, offensive quality control. It's like almost like an internship in the NFL. It's the bare, like Chad said, bare bones, foot in the door type job, but he's in the door now and he's working his way up and he has some familiarity with Wade Harmon. So that's good for the Broncos staff. And again, if they can find a tight end, which I think they'll draft one in the later rounds this year, it could very well be from, from his, uh, old employer in Akron. All right. So we got to, we're going to grab this super chat from Gavin. Um, appreciate that. My friend, good to see you. Says, Ron really Miller deleted all Broncos photos on Instagram thoughts. Now, Zach, let's just put a pin on that just for a second because we are sitting here at about 25 minutes and I just, I'm going to do this lightning quick record time. Follow on Twitter at huddle up pod, follow on Twitter at mile high huddle. All right. Check out the merch store. HuddleUpPod.com, get your swag on. All right, get a hat, get a tee, get a hoodie, get a mug. Also, become a official supporter. Zach rocking the dad hat. Um, become an official supporter on Facebook. Easy to do. You open the app, you find Mile High Huddle. Big blue button says become a supporter. Click that. You're in like Flynn. You will be front row for episode five of Kelberman's Corner, which debuts, not debuts, which comes out Sunday. The show's already debuted. It's a month old. Sunday, noon, mountain time. That's how you can get in on that. And if you're not in a position to do those things, please just do these three. All right. Subscribe, like this video, crucial on, on Facebook and YouTube. And then if we are doing a good job for you, what we ask is that you share this video out there. Let's pump those numbers up. You know, we see the shares. We appreciate every single share. All right. We do take that as a, a vote of confidence and, and uh, an endorsement, if you will. But those they're, they're rookie numbers. We got to pump up the numbers on the shares. All right. We believe in you. We believe in you. All right, Zach. The Von Miller thing. Um, Gavin is right that if you were to go to Vaughn's Twitter account right now, there's nothing about him being a, a Denver Bronco. You would almost never know if you didn't know who he was. Now, a little birdie told me basically that this is this the, the the sign that the Broncos have made that this is a rumor. All right. This is not me reporting. This is just a rumor that maybe the Broncos, George Payton has picked up the phone, and unlike the very friendly you know, unsolicited, hey, I'm George, hi, Justin, call to Justin Simmons. This one was a business call, and it was about, hey, Vaughn, we want you back, but you're going to have to take a pay cut. And this is his, um, I guess, passive-aggressive signal to George Payton on how he feels about that. Could be that. It could be a bunch of things. I, 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 It's really tough speculating on these types of social media, cryptic, ominous actions and incidents it could be that he got a a bad phone call from the broncos could be that he's in a bad mood could be that he got hacked chad there's so many different possibilities as to this i'm not going to jump the shark and speculate on what's going to happen i'm not saying a von miller trade is imminent it's not great it's certainly worth talking about and thinking about it could have something to do with uh george payton reaching out to him could have something to do with posturing leverage he wants maybe a new deal he doesn't want to swallow more money whatever it may be but as you see there no more Broncos uh, references on his Instagram. He's scrubbing his social media from all Denver affiliation. It's, it is it is what it is in this day and age. It's 2021. Athletes do this. People do this. Let's just see it play out a little more before we all start chewing our finger, fingernails off. Zach, you've talked about this, the how bitter it got at times after Super Bowl 50, right? He Broncos drafted number two overall. He's a top defensive player drafted in 2011. Makes a lot of money. He has a suspension, tears his ACL. Along the way, it's Pro Bowls. It's all pros, all except for 2013. You win the Super Bowl in 2015. You're Super Bowl MVP. Just as, I mean, it was like 
the football gods couldn't have, couldn't have made it any better for, yeah. for Von Miller. And you think, oh, it's an automatic slam dunk, get him, get him signed long term. And of course, the Broncos did, but there was some acrimonious, especially on social media, between things Vaughn was posting or, or deleting and also his mother getting involved. And so my guess is this is just the beginning. I'll, I'll be a little bit more dramatic in my interpretation of this. Like, it's probably correct not to jump to too far to conclusions yet. All right. But I think this is, um, this is step one of Vaughn's, you know, war, I guess, battle in, in his own way in the court of public opinion. Listen, he could have been told by the Broncos, by maybe George Payton, listen, if your criminal case, if that goes against you, we're going to move on. So he could, it, it may be like you said, passive aggressive. It may be a counter move, a counter retaliatorial move. I don't really know what Von Miller is thinking. Um, I see some of the comments, though, you know, saying get rid of him, F Von. It's like, guys, this is a, a cornerstone player. A few years ago, we were all worshiping the church of Von Miller. He's still a future Hall of Famer. He's a very integral piece of this team. Just breathe. Let it play out like the investigation. Let the facts emerge, and then we'll go from there. All right, I'm going to, John, reverse engineer a super from Michaela because uh, it, it, the stream jumped while we were spending time talking with, with Scott. Larry, good to see you, bro. Always great to uh, talk on Twitter as well, my friend. We really appreciate you. He says, if it's the fourth, fifth, or sixth round and a quarterback like Ian Book is available, would y'all be okay taking him or should we go another route? I don't know. I mean, for me, he's like pretty raw, give or take. I haven't spent a ton of time on Book, all right, quite yet. But that's about where I would consider taking a quarterback this time this year, honestly, because as I've told you guys before, my ideal solution for the Denver Broncos is you swing on a Deshaun Watson. If you can find as long as you're not completely just I mean, we'll see just how much George Payton uh, meant what he said when he said, well, I'm going to be aggressive, but not reckless. As long as you're not reckless. All right. Swing. And if you and if you miss. Go sign a Andy Dalton. Go sign a, you know, we'll see if you can get Landon Nick Foles or someone like that and run it back with Locke, and this is his last opportunity. So if that were kind of the model by the time you get to the draft, I'm okay taking a quarterback as long as it's mid to late rounds. I don't want to spend a premium round pick this year on a quarterback. I'm going to save that for 2022. Well, and you talk about swinging and being aggressive but not reckless. It's like having bases loaded and needing one run, a 3-2 pitch, and you're chasing a ball going for the home run. All you need is a double. You don't have to keep swinging so recklessly, but you have to be aggressive. It's the same type of uh, mindset when it comes to picking a quarterback for the Broncos. Someone like Book or maybe Kellen Mond, these are late-round, middle-round prospects, developmental project guys. They have that already in Brett Rippon, and you can argue they have that already in Drew Locke. So if they sign a veteran quarterback like a Dalton or a Fitzpatrick or whoever, they might not draft a quarterback this year. They might wait and sign a college free agent. They might just go to war with what who they have and uh, and move on. Book doesn't really do anything for me. I'm not going to hate it if they pick him. But I'm not going to cry if they don't. He's just kind of like, whatever. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Michaela. Thanks for your patience. Hers was the first super tonight, and she even she fired it off before we even went live. So we see you. We we appreciate you. Thank you so much. She says, I like Watson a lot, and if he wants to come here, yay. Maybe he can force the Texans' hand since he has a no-trade clause and he has to agree to the trade. And also, he already said, uh, cuts her off, but he's he already said he'll sit the year if he does not get traded. So that's a great little segue real quick here. Uh, Zach is last night. Uh, I missed it by before we had gone live, or else I would we would have talked about it last night because the actual radio interview, the the bomb that was dropped by Mike Cliss, is actually Tuesday morning. All right, um, and basically what he said is, I'll, I can pull it up here. Uh, give me just a second. But basically what he said is that the Broncos are in the hunt, and it's legit on Deshaun Watson. And not only are they in the hunt that they're going to uh, pursue. But the reason they're in the hunt, Zach, is because they have been, to use his word, assured by his people, by Watson's people, his agent, his representation, that he would consider Denver. The Denver's on his list. So that sets the stage. I can pull up the exact quote here, but it's it's just, I mean, when it comes from Mike Kliss, it has teeth. Yeah, but he's still an agent, and and Watson's people are feeding the agents what they want to hear right now. They're negotiating through the media and trying to drive Watson's price up. Guys, listen, it's he's a great quarterback, and the Broncos will try to make a deal for him, but it's really unrealistic to think that, that George Payton's going to pull this off, and it's more realistic to think that Watson's going to use the Broncos as a means to really go where he wants. He has a no-trade clause, which he has to waive. He has to almost work with Houston to pick his next team. And Houston is going to take the capital that matters most to them. He wants to play for Robert Salah in New York. New York has a number two overall draft pick. The Broncos don't offer the same things as Sean Watson can off- can get anywhere else. And just because Kareem Jackson's advocating, to me, doesn't mean too much. He's assured of the seat of the table, the Broncos are, like every other team for his services. Tell me one team he's come out and said, no, I won't play for Stafford said the Patriots, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. or, or 
but not Deshaun Watson. He's not going to turn down anyone. He wants to maximize his leverage and really stick it to Houston. And if that means using the Broncos and putting it out there like he wants to play for them, when he couldn't give a crap less probably, Chad, before this this offseason about Denver. He didn't know who was there, what's going on. He's using them and using a lot of teams as a means to get what he wants, which is a trade out of Houston. Uh, here's just so everyone's on the same page, and I'm sure most of you have already read this because this article we published it last night, and it's just been destroying on uh, social media and Google. But here's what here's what Cliss told 104.3 The Fan Tuesday morning, the morning host Mark Schlereth, Mike Evans, quote: "They'll go Watson. They'll be in it on Watson. At least I think they want to monitor. I think things will be quiet until Watson shakes out. If he does shake out, there's a lot of people out there." Mark, he's addressing Mark Schlereth. I don't know what you think, but there's a lot of people out there who think there's no way at the end of the day the Texans are trading Deshaun Watson. And I'm kind of still leaning that way. I'm going to believe Watson's available when I see it. And then he goes on to say, bear with me one sec, um, with regard to he was asked then by uh, Evans, I believe it was, well, if the, Bron- if the Broncos go in, is there any guarantee that Watson will reciprocate because of the no trade clause? Quote, they have – not through, they're not speaking to Watson themselves, but I think they've got it from the Watson party agents or whatever. They've been assured the Broncos will be one of about four teams, four or five teams that Watson would like to listen to. Cliss told the fan Tuesday morning, close quote. So uh, interesting. And by the way, gang, really quick before I get off this, uh, I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the, uh, in the link here or in the chat, but sign up for the free newsletter. We, we have this call outs in the middle of every article because it's free and you get the, the breaking Broncos news and analysis that gets delivered to, to your inbox daily. So that's, that's the specifics of what Cliss said. Yeah, this is pretty funny though. There's the, uh, that's what's going to land Deshaun Watson. There's the recruiting pitch. Come on over. I'll protect you. Juwan James. I, I just, I don't see it guys. I'm not holding my breath and I'm with Scott and I'm with Jason Cole. And to an extent I'm with Mike Cliss. I'll believe he's traded when it actually happens. They have some leverage, Houston. They don't have to get rid of him. He wants to lose money. He can lose money. Um, I just don't think, even if he does get moved, if he goes for three first-round picks, I just don't see the Broncos being the team that lands him. I could be wrong, though. We shall see. We shall see. And there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of time between now and when this thing could ultimately resolve because Cliff was saying, based on what he's hearing, that um, you know, it, pro- it might not be till we're really close to the draft. But here's the thing, Chad. The Broncos can't wait on Deshaun Watson. They have to figure out their quarterback situation now. So if he wants to drag it out till June, July, they can't worry about that. They have to figure out right now in the best interest of the team with the new GM and a lame duck head coach, is it Locke, is it a veteran, is it a rookie, and let's move on now. So there has to be a level of compromise as well. All right, we do have a super chat, and then there's a few that I'm going to reverse engineer, John, unless you can grab them just so you know where we're at. We need Cody Potter. We need uh... – Zeus, if you have him, Mark Langley, Brandon Reagan, Chris, Jake, uh, et cetera. But Jason Cole, I don't think it's the Jason Cole, right? Our friend that's been on the show a couple times. But Jason, thanks for that super chat, my friend. Two firsts, two seconds, Drew Locke, Bradley Chubb. I'm saying no to that, dude. I'm sorry. I, I mean, we just heard we just heard Scott Kennedy give about as glowing a testimonial on, on, on Watson as you can find, but I'm just, to me, it's a bridge too far. If that were the price, it's a bridge too far. 
Like, like I said yesterday, so you can score 30 points a game but give up 35 points a game. And if yep. you have, if Vaughn doesn't come back, you're trading Bradley Chubb, who do you have? Malik Reed and Jerry Attachu as your starters? You're giving up too much. And supposedly it won't even be enough for Houston. They want two young defensive starters. So that would be Bradley Chubb and Draymond Jones, for example. There reaches a point where as good as Watson is, there is a, a too big of an asking price for a team like the Broncos. For a team like the 49ers or the Jets or the Dolphins, there's no too big an asking price. For the Broncos specifically, in that situation, I believe there is. Zeus McPeak in the house. He has just been – Zeus is always super active um, on Super Chat, but, like, he's been – he's taking it up a, another notch this week. So, Stu, MHH, Mount Rushmore, you're on there. You're the first face etched. And we have something really cool coming out in the near future. We're working with a, a graphic designer to get some cooked up that's going to give uh, – some some clout to our when we say this guy is a superstar when we say this gal's on MHH Mount, Mount Rushmore there's going to be some uh, some digital evidence of that so Stu you'll you'll be up there you know this my friend we love you the thing with Stu he's not just a superstar he's the superstar he is yep. the founding father of this program so Stu Stu we we can't appreciate you enough thank you another one right here talk about a superstar Mark Langley yes. appreciate you bro by the way also in Georgia I I don't think I'm I'm betraying anything mark hasn't talked about himself on the show so good to see you bro thank you he says what's up my guys would watson work great under pat Shermer? hmm hashtag huddle up pod hashtag football priest hashtag lock supporter i have my doubts but i'll tell you what i think watson could be just fine with nearly any coordinator in the league because he's approaching that level not quite peyton man but he's approaching that level where it's like all right i'm a coordinator i have my playbook i have my philosophy but I just landed Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun, what do you want to do? That's actually where I, I think I disagree a little because a lot of the bone of his contention started a couple of years ago with the Bill O'Brien play calling. And the last couple of years, they've had a young coordinator named Tim Kelly, who Deshaun Watson has really grown accustomed to and really fond of. So he likes like any other quarterback or young quarterback in the NFL. They like the newer schemes, the newer plays, the newer concepts. You wouldn't have that in Denver. And if it doesn't work out this year, if they get Deshaun Watson and they go eight and eight, or they go nine and seven and they miss the playoffs. Bye bye Fangio. Bye bye Pat Shermer. Bye bye Mike Shula. You're bringing in a whole new coaching staff. Then what for Deshaun Watson? He has to go through a rebuild. Is he going to want to go through that? Is he going to force his way out? Is he going to help pick the coordinator? Is he going to be meddlesome? These are all like a rubber band ball. You have to unwind it one rubber band at a time to get to the core. And the core issue is the Broncos. It's just not realistic for a Deshaun Watson pairing. Cody Potter, thanks for your patience, my friend. I'm sorry the chat jumped you so we can't show your actual card, but here's what he says, and, you know, we love you, buddy. Hi, guys. Sorry I've been out house shopping and working. Congrats, dude. Hope you hope you land a good interest rate. Hey, check on that interest rate. Glad to see you making a prop bet for the Super Bowl. What do you guys think uh, HT halftime score is? Oh, and the final score? Hmm. What do you think, Zach? Ooh, well – Anything I say, I get, I get blowback on. I do happen to believe the Chiefs will win this game. I, that's just, that's what I believe. I think it'll be a good game and I love high scoring games. I love offense. I'm going to say like, ooh, 35 31 Kansas City. Last possession, Mahomes magic, like last year against the 49ers. Kind of a comeback. I, I think uh, it's going to be fireworks, but Mahomes, two in a row. I'm going to say you go into halftime with a, with a pretty big deficit. And I think the Chiefs are going to be cruising. I think it's going to be like, you know, 24-6, 24-7, something like that. All right. 
And then in the second half, Brady storms back like he is want to do. Will he win it? I don't know. We'll see. I but see I think too. it ends up being somewhere in the low 30s with the with the Bucks. I'm gonna I'm I'm picking the Bucks to win this as an upset, but I mean the the juggernaut is is the Chiefs as defending champs and you know the the easy money's there. But I still think Tom Brady, man, like yeah, he's been to nine. This was his tenth Super Bowl and he's lost a couple, but like more often than not, this cat does not lose the Super Bowl, right? And John right. Elway did a, a great interview a couple days ago on Sirius XM. And he was talking about just as a quarterback, what your number one job is. And it was cool because it was really the first interview I've heard with Elway um, that really didn't tap into you're the boss in Denver anymore. Like it was more talking about his Hall of Fame resume as a quarterback. And even though they mentioned he's president of football operations and all that stuff, like they didn't really care to know what's your move going to be on this. What There was more talking about like just football and insights. And he said a quarterback's number one job, Zach, is to find ways to win. And then he ends up bringing up Tom Brady. John Elway, For in case you guys didn't know this, he thinks Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. That's that's John Elway. He's That's his opinion, all right? And he says Tom Brady in big games, doesn't matter if it's pretty, doesn't matter if it's ugly, but he finds the way to win. But you can say the same about Mahomes. He's undefeated in Super Bowls as well. I just think it's going to be a good game. And if Brady wins, Brady wins, so be it. But I just want some – I want points. I want touchdowns. I want it all on Sunday, John. So, John, just FYI, we're at Michael here at 635, and there's um, there's quite a few in between our last one there and and Michael. Do you want me to throw some names in the chat so you know exactly who we need? Um so I can do that. But Michael, thank you, my friend. And Zach, this isn't a name that I'm familiar with on Super Chat. So appreciate you. Welcome, Michael. He says, I'm not uh, not the biggest need, but if Najee Harris is there in round two, I think we should pounce. He's a mix of Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry and would help this team and lock big time. I don't know. I've My thoughts on running back, taking him high, has, has kind of evolved. I, I was completely off the train. I'm a little bit more open to it, but this year, I don't think that's that's a, a move you really need to make because you got Melvin on $8 million contract right. in 2021, right. probably RFA tender Phillip. Where's he, when's he going to play? And then, you know, if he's sitting on the bench, what could you have done with that second-round pick? Right. Maybe if they were to void uh, Gordon's contract, if he got suspended because of the DUI, maybe it would open up that possibility. But a second round choice is a little too rich for my blood, considering the holes on this team. Offense shouldn't really even be touched until the third round, you can argue. They need inside linebackers, defensive linemen, safeties, cornerbacks, and then you need a right tackle. You got to address those positions before you even think about a running back, as good as Harris could be. All right. I just put a four names. You got one of them here, John, but Brandon Reagan again in the chat. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, Connect with us on Twitter, by the way. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, if the Raiders are in play for Watson and Denver is too, then is Peyton forced to get in a bidding war? Yeah, he's going to be in a bidding war. If the Raiders, let's say, if the Raiders, let's say, win is Peyton Peyton in trouble or looked at differently opinions. Go ahead, Zach. No, maybe I'm crazy. I was just thinking to myself, I don't really see the Raiders as being a legit suitor for uh, Deshaun Watson. I don't know why that report came out. It seems like uh, Vegas leaked that about Derek Carr. I'd be surprised if he landed there. He Gruden likes to be in the headlines. He loves to be involved in every deal like George Payton. But ultimately, don't get worried, guys. I don't see him coming to uh, to Vegas. 
I don't know, man. There's something in the back of my mind, like if because I wrote about this last night, is you know, you can compare the Peyton Manning 2011, or excuse me, 2012 recruitment, you know, carousel to what Deshaun is doing right now. As even though it's a trade versus a free agent, you know, he's looking around at the different environments he could potentially land in, and it surprises me a little bit that Denver is on his list, and here's why. And the same would go for the Raiders. Look, Watson's no stranger to competing with Mahomes and the Chiefs in the conference, but having to play him twice a year is a different animal altogether. And then vying for playoff seating within, how'd you do in your That's division, all that. And so I think it would really have to be the right scenario. And I think both the Raiders and the Broncos are attractive to a quarterback because of the talent on the offensive side of the ball. So I think for Watson, it's more, it probably goes from there more like who, which defense do I maybe trust the most or which coaching staff do I trust the most? And, you know, I'm guessing a lot of, I mean, John Gruden, you remember when he was calling Monday night football, he got a lot of shade because he loved everybody, right? He'd never said a critical word about anybody. My guess is that players across the league love John Gruden too. Like his, for the, unless you, they've been crossed by him as since he's returned to, to the coaching ranks. I think he's, he's got a pretty positive reputation. Well, he's the ultimate players coach, Chad. He he's always joking and jovial and cursing. He's very energetic. He's very affable and very likable. And I see why players want to play for him. And I see a comment that we got from Michael. It says he, it's because they're talking about shipping car for picks as to why Watson's is a, a you know could be going to Vegas. They have to first make that trade happen. I don't think Derek Carr is worth a first round pick. I, I think maybe a second or a combination of picks, but that's a tall task. And Chad laid out a point that I didn't even think about. What does Deshaun Watson want? In, in, not just to get out of Houston. He has money, $156 million contract. He wants to win a title. He wants to be up there among the Bradys, among the Mahomeses. He doesn't want to play Mahomes twice a year. He'd better off going to the NFC, not having to face Mahomes until the title game, or a team like the Jets or the Dolphins where they're not in their division and they play Mahomes once every four years except for the playoffs. That's why I don't see the Vegas or, I guess, to an extent, the Broncos being – finalist for Watson services. They'll be in there, but finalists, I don't think so. Has Buster, thank you for that super chat, two nights in a row. Appreciate you, my friend. Connect on Twitter. Uh, live with you boys, two nights in a row. I'm all in on Watson for two firsts, Vaughn and Locke, but doubt Houston would bite. Keep up the great work, Alex Hess. Hey, appreciate that, dog. I don't know, man. I mean, you get a you get a plug-and-play quarterback, you might have some doubts on Locke, but – one of Locke's two best games as a pro, one of the first one, came against the Texans where he became the first rookie quarterback of all time to pass for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in his first road start. So, you know, I think the, the Texans probably would have a – I mean, if you if you deal Watson, you need someone you can at least roll with initially, depending on what you end up doing with that grip of draft picks you're going to also get. And then Vaughn, if you dangle Vaughn as part of that package, this is like basically echoing the Brian Greasy – uh, deal that you wrote up, Zach. You know, Vaughn's still very attractive as a as a as a piece too, as as a piece of capital to to use out there because JJ Watt, he's different position, but he is a pass rusher. His future's a little bit murky right now, as far as Houston's concerned. They could use that cornerstone piece, and regardless of what you think about Vaughn, um, you know, he's probably got provided that ankle comes back. Okay, you know, he's probably got a minimum of two to three solid, good Vaughn years left in the tank. 
Yeah, you know, I also wrote to play contrarian as well. If Detroit didn't want Drew Locke, if he was offered in a trade for Stafford with their first round pick, if they said no and they preferred Jared Goff, would Houston want Drew Locke? Does he have enough value to spring a trade, to facilitate a trade? I do not know. And like I wrote about Von Chad, yeah, he has some juice left. He's still Von Miller. But the Texans are going into a full-scale rebuild if they deal Deshaun Watson. They're probably going to end up dealing J.J. Watt as well. For cap relief to get draft picks, are they going to want to make a lateral move? Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And deal one aging veteran for another aging veteran. That's why I'm saying they want two young players. They want two young defensive starters. Bradley Chubb, Draymond Jones. If Simmons was under contract, probably be Simmons and, and Bradley Chubb. I don't think Von Miller is attractive enough to prompt a trade involving Deshaun Watson. Chris McKay, appreciate the super chat, my friend. He says, what chance do we actually have at getting Watson? Well, if you believe the the most recent reporting from Mike Kliss, all right? And, you know, if when it's Woody Page, as I told you, I listen. I sit up and listen when it's Woody Page. When it's Mike Kliss, I mean, it's it's about as close to church as you can get with regard to rumor, speculation, just because of, you know, he's the guy that the Broncos give the information to, right? That's the guy, all right? And so I would say probably one in five chance, one in five. So what is that, 20% chance if the Texans make him available? That's fair. I, I think there's about five or six suitors, legitimate suitors for his services. And based on reporting, which is all we can go on right now, the Broncos have a seat at the proverbial table. So yeah, I'm saying 15, 20%, highly unlikely, but you know, not improbable, not impossible by any means. All right. We are at 51 minutes just about. And so we got to kind of rapid fire our very patient, very awesome, supportive group of superstars here, starting with Jake. 
Love you, buddy. Longtime listener, longtime superstar. Says, hey, guys, if a top QB fell to nine in the draft, would you take him or would you trade with teams like the Colts or Pittsburgh and build draft capital for Mm -hmm. 2022? So to me, it would be which top QB? Because if it's Zach Wilson, it's a little bit more of a conversation for me. If it's Lance Fields, I mean, Mac Jones will be there. But if it's Lance or Fields, I'm trading back. I'm not taking that quarterback. If it's if it's Zach Wilson, you know, I got a, I got a decision to make. But that also is largely contingent, Zach, on how this whole free right. agent slash trading block situation shakes out. It's such a hard question to answer, absolutely. I think the reasonably, when the Broncos go up to bat at number nine, the only quarterback that could be left if things break a certain way is Trey Lance. And I don't see teams beating down uh, the doors for Trey Lance. But if a Fields fell or a Zach Wilson falls and Farley's gone, Parsons is gone, Sertan's gone, I would even expect Peyton to move down. The guy loves stacking draft capital. He loves having more picks, more darts to throw at the figurative dartboard, and that's what he would do. I still think ultimately he'll stay put. A blue chipper like Farley or Parsons will be there, and he'll take his guy. Chris, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter, uh, Smith Brothers three twenty one. That's a newer name on on super chat. Welcome, thank Welcome. you. He says if the Broncos trade Vaughn for any package, the Texans have JJ Watt and Vaughn Miller. If they can't pay Miller or Watt, then they could trade with a package. Imagine who or what they could get for them. Yeah, I mean, I do think Vaughn has has some value on the trade on the trade market. Um, I mean, he does, and it doesn't sound like things have gotten off to a swimming start between him and Peyton up to this point. And then John Houston, Sertan or Farley? Elijah Molden is a sleeper corner. I'm taking Farley there. Sertan's a very good corner. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's excellent corner. He's just not the greatest fit for the the scheme Fangio uh, predominantly runs. Yeah, I think going from Farley to Sertan is like going from Trevor Lawrence to Justin Fields. It's like they're both really good prospects, but one is a true elite guy, and the other one is is really good, but I think just short of that, and especially for the Broncos scheme. All right, let me see where else we're at here. Whoop, the stream just did a, a jumperoo on me. I'll uh, I'll grab Dennis. John, while you grab that, if you check the DM there. Uh, Dennis Woods, good to see you. Rocking the dad hat, longtime superstar. Appreciate Uh-oh. you, bro. Hip replacement. And by the way, we miss you on Twitter. I know why you got off Twitter, but we still miss you on Twitter. Ben MIA, says Dennis, had a hip replaced a week ago. All right, prayers up, dude. That's hope hope you're recovering okay. My mother had that um, procedure, and it's it's not easy bouncing back from that. Can't sit in one place for too long. Yep, I remember that. Anyway, I just don't see Watson here. Too expensive, too many other needs with depleted draft capital to make it work. Exactly. Yeah. It's, for a team like the Broncos, for the same reason that they didn't make the trade for Stafford, they didn't actually pull the trigger. They're, I, I hate to say it, but they're not a Deshaun Watson away from winning a title. They would be a playoff team. They, But would they be good enough this year or by 2022 to unseat Mahomes and win a division title? Because ultimately, the only way to win a Super Bowl is to win the division get that first round by and have home playoff advantage. Can Deshaun Watson and Denver do that, at least initially? Can he unseat Mahomes? I have my doubts. But Dennis, uh, kick back, relax. I hope your hip is healing up. Be sure to have a a Coors hard seltzer or two, numb the pain a little bit, and I hope you're feeling good. Um, John, so uh, Noctow, Isaiah, Fat Cats, and then we'll grab Gio here. Just so such a generous supporter of all things MHH, whether it's the live stream, a podcast, the merch store, you know, hit me up on the DM. Hey, dude, I signed up for the free newsletter. Like, 
This guy eats, sleeps, breathes Broncos, and he has woven MHH into that whole tapestry. And, you know, we appreciate you. We love you, George. He says, I get a lot of heat on social media, but I'm a lock guy. Sign Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, to mentor Locke, and he's more than capable to step in, uh, shall Locke struggle or get hurt. Enough Watson talk. We have bigger holes to fill. Hashtag DB for life. Hashtag <laughs> Manscaped. Another, he's, he's, another DM he sent me. Hey, dude, check it out. And he's got it. We even tweeted it out. So we love you, George. But, uh, you know, the, the thing everyone's got to keep in mind, I, I touched on this a little bit early in the show about the whole snowball little metaphor thing. But, look, these rumors aren't going away in the near future. And until they go away, we have to analyze them because there might be some fans, and, George, you know, Love you, bro. There might be some fans who generally don't want to hear about the Watson thing because they are invested in Locke. But the majority of fans, they they want to know what the latest is in the analysis on, on, on Watson because he's a top five quarterback. And that's kind of the, the, the conversation just kind of ends, or I should say starts there. Well, I, George, I feel your pain because being a Locke fan on social media is like being a fan of a certain political party where you can't really come out and say it. You kind of have to whisper and be like, I'm a Drew Locke fan. Don't tell anybody. And you know what? It's sad because you want the Broncos to win. And Locke being the quarterback, if he develops into the guy that we all uh, think he could be or hope he could be, would be beneficial for the Broncos. But you're, George, certainly allowed to have your uh, convictions. And if you're a Locke guy, be proud of that. Let him hate. Number three all the way. You know, be proud of who you support. And if you're right in the end, you'll have a lot of flexing to do, as will I. So looking forward to it. It's still, in my opinion, the most common sense number one approach. And by the way, uh, Trevor Judge released an article that published this morning. Go check it out. Five uh, ranking the top options, how it all makes sense. What what's the best thing to do for for your Denver Broncos at quarterback this year? Go read that article. But I still think running it back with Drew one last year is what makes the most sense in tandem with a competent stopgap failsafe veteran. A uh, Noctow Lantern thirteen. Appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you back in the stream. He says feels wrong to say it but I feel like Mitchell Trubisky would be a solid quarterback to compete with Locke. Good enough to be a threat, but not enough to steal the show. No. I'm not feeling it. No. Gardner Minshew, Sam Darnold, Mitchell Trubisky, you don't want any of these failed big-time name players to come into Denver when they're not going to be an upgrade on the quarterback they have already. If you're going to bring in Nandy Dalton, he arguably right now is better than Drew Locke. And if he comes in, he has no controversy. He doesn't have any of that big-name bust potential. So bring him in. Bring a safer option in. Bring even, God, I hate to say it, but someone like Nick Foles would make more sense over Mitchell Trubisky. Just someone with a little more uh, proven ability uh, than him who was – Never meant to be taken where he was in the draft. We got Isaiah 1127 in the house. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. He says, I'm tired with all the QB talk. Locke is the guy next year, and fans need to accept it. Hashtag not rooting for the Chiefs on Sunday. Hashtag MHH fam. I can't do it. Like, I don't like Tom Brady. It's a hateful respect thing. But, like, the whole thing about the Chiefs, man, just the way I was, just the way I was raised. I mean, the Chiefs. Long before Patrick Mahomes showed up and all, I mean, the Chiefs to me, it's like saying you're rooting for the for the communists in Rus- communist Russia in the Olympics <laughs> in 1980, you know, in the hockey game. You're just not doing that if you're a Broncos fan. So, Fat Cats, love you, bro. Appreciate it. He says, let's say Watson goes to Vegas. How do you sell the farm for a franchise quarterback? Or now you now do you sell the farm for a franchise quarterback since Watson, Mahomes, Herbert are a competition in the AFC West? 
what's the farm and who's the quarterback? Like who? Is there a quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence in this class that you think competent, like legit viably has a shot to match any three of those dudes? I don't. I don't see it. Maybe Zach Wilson, but yeah. guys, he's still a relatively small sample size guy in terms of upper echelon play at BYU. I think Zach Wilson can be better than Herbert, and I think he can be comparable to Deshaun Watson. I don't know about Mahomes. No quarterback is going to be Patrick Mahomes, but if Deshaun Watson does go to Vegas, it leaves the Broncos in a bind, and that opens up what they can do with that number nine overall pick. They can take a Trey Lance. They can take a Fields if he falls to that spot. They would make a reactionary move, but I'm just not holding my breath that Watson's coming to Vegas nor Denver. All right, John, I just put in the DM. John Houston and Muhammad also – uh, we need, but we'll start with our great superstar, Dave from Georgia, still repping the let him hate t-shirt like a freaking boss, loud and proud. He says, I got cut from work early, so I get to hang with y'all. Is there anyone besides Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker, in the draft to plug in at linebacker? Is there a free agent option? Um, David. Levante David, but... I don't recall. Is he free agent or would he have to be a cap casualty? Is he a trade guy? I'm trying to remember now off the top of my head. I thought he was a free agent. I thought that's why everyone's asking about him. Let me look. Levante David contract. Let me, let me check this out real quick. Let me use over the cap. I always prefer to use over the cap for other reasons, but especially because when you're doing a live podcast, yeah, this he's in a contract year. So he's a, he's a free agent. So Levante, uh, there are some some interesting linebackers. <clears throat> I know that kid, <clears throat> excuse me, Browning has some fans, but <clears throat> I uh, I'm looking at corner in round one, and then Eric Trickle. You listen to him. You listen to Nick. You listen to Carl. There are going to be some off ball options later in the draft if you end up going like with a Farley in round one, and Parsons ends up you know getting drafted in between. Yeah, there's some fallbacks as well. I mean, Levante David is the best inside linebacker on the market if they want to go that route, but they can go Parsons. They can go JOK in the draft. They can go Zavin Collins. They they have a, a couple different ways, but the latter two that I mentioned are probably going to be guys that go in the early teens to mid-teens. So number nine overall, it's either Parsons to me, Parsons or Caleb Farley for George Payton. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, John, there's also after um, Muhammad has Buster. Again, Blue Raw, Nate Leitner, Ryan, and Willie G, just FYI. John, appreciate you again, my friend. He says, it's crazy how fast the fan base turned on Locke. And I don't think it's all Locke's fault, to be frank. We talked about this on the show before, but I think a big reason for that, Zach, is just, you know, he's unfortunately getting painted with the the same uh, brush as, you know, the it's all part of the tapestry. Five years, you know, he comes in on the end and punctuates what is five years of missing the playoffs, like, Fans, Broncos fans just aren't – we never had to wait that long to see something happen with your team. Like, if you're a Broncos fan, I mean, you're going all the way back to the 60s for a stretch this long. It's just – a lot of it's human nature. It's the same thing I saw when everyone loved Philip Lindsay, and then Melvin Gordon comes along, and it's like, let Lindsay go. Same thing happened to Demarius Thomas. I mean, they drafted Cortland Sutton. It's like, okay, DT can walk. It's when you, it's like you have a perfectly good iPhone, right, Chad? But a new one comes out and you upgrade to that. For what reason? You don't need the new iPhone, but you want the new iPhone. It's the new shiny toy. So the Broncos have a quarterback right now who they can still build around, who can still be something, but a new shiny toy becomes available, like a Stafford or Deshaun Watson, and they want to upgrade. Life doesn't work that way, or at least the NFL doesn't. And that's what this fan base, the fans that want Deshaun Watson, that's going to be the bitter pill they're going to swallow in the weeks ahead. 
Muhammad, MHH, male model. We're going to have him on the show next Wednesday. We are looking forward to that, my brother. He says, build the defense. <clears throat> Excuse me, man, frog in my throat tonight. Uh, through the draft. Yeah, I'm feeling on that. And there a lot of holes to fill this time around, Zach, in terms of corner, off ball, defensive line, depending on what happens with Shelby, depending on what happens with Casey. You need some edge depth, depending on what happens with Vaughn. I mean, there's a lot to uh, to juggle. And also, Blue Raw, thanks for the super, bro. He says, what's up, gents? You ready to sacrifice the farm? Not quite. Not quite. And you got to define it. Is it a small farm? Is it a medium-sized farm? It's old Is McDonald's it- farm, Chad. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> it's No, it's a farm. It's the title to the tractor. It's the deed to the farmhouse. I'm not going that far. It's it's a big farm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, John. Nate Leitner, uh, Ryan, and then Willie G. And we're pretty close, I think, to being caught up with our great and very patient superstars who've uh, been waiting uh, in the meantime, I'm going to hop in real quick here. And it's a Jensen farm. <laughs> I, hey, there is a Jensen farm. Trust me, if you saw if you saw my uh, my house with the goats and the pig and the chickens and all that, but that's neither here nor there. Jason Christopher, thank you, bro. Good to see you. He says, how soon before we see Peyton in the Broncos ring of fame? I would imagine it's coming in the very, 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 very near future, yeah. especially, you know, he's getting christened this year with a bust in Canton. It's only – Great, great term that you used last night, Zach. It's fate accompli. He'll be in the ROF, but it's only, I don't know, probably within the next year, two seasons tops, they'll have that ceremony. But because it's Peyton, they might be waiting until this whole pandemic thing is in the rear view so that they can do a big to-do and, you know, in front of the fans and all that at the stadium. Because when a guy goes in the ring of fame, it's not just, hey, a news article came out. They're going in the ring, and the next time you're at the stadium, you see their name on the ring. There's the big to-do midway through the season where they – bring in all the ring of fame guys and, and then they kind of usher. It's their version of, you know, the, the hall of fame enshrinement. Right. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do it virtually. And I, I would not be surprised though, if he does not get in, you know, I think he'll get in this season chat. If like you said, if the pandemic kind of fades and they can have fans in the stadium, it will happen this year coinciding with his hall of fame induction. So look out for that very soon. ROF for Peyton Manning. Willie G, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, Zach, always betting against Brady. Should have learned. Didn't say I'm betting against him. I said I'm rooting against him. There's a difference there. Um, Burn the guitarist. Good to see you, my friend. It's been like every night he's in our chat, and we love it. We appreciate the love, my friend. He says, we all know Tim Tebow is going to be the quarterback next year. Yeah, I mean, with all the names getting thrown around, it's like eventually you devolve to Tim Tebow because – I mean, you're just in a position where every name out there, if if they're available, they're going to be tied to Denver one way or another, even if there's not genuine interest being reciprocated by the Broncos. Anyone who's interested, I for every random, egregious quarterback being linked to Denver, I have a GIF uh, tweet that goes up. I had one for Andrew Locke. Now Kirk Cousins, I'm hearing, Chad, if the Broncos should trade for him. It's February 4th, and we're on the Kirk Cousins to Broncos you know, notion already. Please just kill us all right now. All right, we got uh, Ryan Corey. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, thank you. Actually, Ryan, you're a newer name that on uh, Super Chat, so welcome and thank yeah. you. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, if Peyton was able to pull off a Watson trade, what outgoing package would you would you find acceptable and would fit into the aggressive but not reckless mantra? This is a really good question. We've talked about what is and what isn't, to, or what isn't, or what is too far, right? But what could you live with knowing that it at least has to approach the reasonable in terms of what the Texans would accept. 
I don't know that I would do three first round picks. I think that's a deal breaker uh, right there. I don't know that I would give up Bradley Chubb because he's a Pro Bowl pass rusher. He's your replacement for Von Miller. He could still be a Hall of Fame uh, player when it's all said and done. A combination, I mean, we have to look at the scope, Chad. There's not too much wiggle room for this. It's either you think it's too much or it's not enough for Deshaun Watson. Two first-round picks, a pair of second-round picks, and who do you want to throw in there? What player do you want to give up? Draymond Jones, I guess, and uh, I don't know. It's who, who else would they want? Who else has value that's under contract for Denver? Can't trade Justin Simmons. You can't trade Shelby Harris. What do you do? It's Draymond and Bradley Chubb. The absolute most, and so this is why you know you, you don't want me in that room making the deal because it wouldn't happen. That I would feel comfortable with is a is like a first, a couple of seconds, and Drew Lock. But that's not going to get the deal yeah. done, boys and girls. So, um, John, do you have also uh, Crudum? Oh, you got him cued. You're the man. Good to see you again, my friend. Thanks for the support and. Uh, we look forward to, to seeing you hopefully on Sunday night show and for Kelvin's corner. But he says, I've been tuned in every night. Just been hard to chat due to the nature of my job. I can't have my phone out risking contamination of the lab. Ooh, we got a, we got a, like a science nerd. Crudum, you might be, you might be, uh, you, you and Nick Kendall might be cut from the same cloth on the whole lab and, and stuff like that. He says for once I was able to get in here. Shout out to Kenneth Booker, hashtag build young. Really appreciate that, my friend. And, yeah, guys, if you, in case you missed it, uh, Kenneth Booker, we had him on the show last night. We made the big announcement that we brought him on as a staff writer at milehighhuddle.com. He uh, he published his first article, and I'll just give you a quick screenshot. We can put it in the chat later. But uh, here it is right here, Broncos draft sleeper, North Texas wideout, Jalon Darden, and it's a really good read. So go check it out when yep. you get some time. All right. Um, we got we got Dennis Woods. Let's see. We need uh, we need Jay Ritchie, and we are good. Uh, Nate Leitner and Jay Ritchie, John, and we're good. I can I can grab actually both of them won't fit on a on a banner. Um, let me try one. Hold on one second here. Let me see if I can grab Jay. You grab if you can find Nate, I'll grab Jay. We'll do it the reverse engineered way here. Uh, bear with me one second. Look at that. Dan. Broncos poster back on Instagram for Von Miller. Can anyone else confirm that? Or is Broncos fan 13 trolling us? Let us know in the comments because that could be a, we'll see. a bombshell as far as the offseason goes. We'll, we'll see. All right, here is Jay Ritchie. Appreciate you, bro. Good to see you again tonight. He says, fellas, love the show, of course. He gave the green light talking about um, Deshaun Watson saying, you know, go ahead, Broncos are one of the, the teams I'd I'd consider. Yeah. Of course. Uh, what quarterback wouldn't want our offense with the talent we have there? I'm still riding with Locke. He's going to be special with or without Denver. Number three, it kind of cuts off here, but you know, another guy that's still well in, in, ensconced on the on the Locke train. <clears throat> yeah, and there's a lot more. I hate to use another political term, but the silent majority for Locke fans is actually pretty prevalent within Broncos country. And again, it's you can't come out and say you're a Locke fan because you get so much pushback and criticism on social media, but there's a bigger army of number three supporters out there than uh, people realize. All right, here is, uh, while, we're, while we're getting Nate Leitner queued up, I'm going to grab John Houston here, who just jumped in late. We'll grab John, Nate, and then we got to bounce. But John, thanks again, my friend. What's the realistic trade value for, for Vaughn? 
a second. Now, Zach, I know we touched on this a little bit last night. I think uh, second is realistic, but it depends on the medicals, right? It depends on, you know, just how healthy is he, just how far along is that ankle. But I think second is like, that's, I think that is realistic. Uh, it also depends on the investigation. If he's cleared from that, of what's going on. If he's cleared from the investigation and he receives medical clearance, which he probably should have, Chad, he was jumping on his ankle in December. He wanted to play for the Broncos the last couple games. So taking him at that word, he's either at 100% or very close to it. I don't think first-round pick, and I think a third-rounder is a little too weak for someone of Von Miller's stature. Yeah, I'd say second or second and a fifth, second and a sixth. I think for sure a second-rounder would do it. All right, guys, last one here from Nate Leitner, and then we got to get out. Um, we'll see you Sunday, but appreciate you, Nate, and your patience. Sorry we can't show your, your chat card, but the stream, everyone's so active tonight. And by the way, I see a lot of comments and questions about the, the whole situation with uh, Jerry Judy, his interview. We talked about that at the top of the show. If you want to hear what we had to say, just rewind when, when the stream is done. But uh, uh, Nate, thank you, bro. He says, don't get me wrong. Who wouldn't love Watson? I still don't think he's traded, and I don't see George Payton giving up the draft picks plus players go Broncos. I don't know, man. I think George Payton, he's looking to move and he's looking to shake. I I think if he honestly believes Deshaun Watson can, makes them competitive in AFC West today, there's probably you know, he'll pay. He'll pay for that for that privilege, even if it comes at the cost of some first round picks. I don't like it. And I know a lot of fans won't like it, but who knows, man? I think at the very least, Zach, if you brought in Deshaun Watson and you get the guys who weren't healthy last year healthy, you can compete this year. My worry wouldn't be 2021. My worry would be 2022, 2023. Right. Those are the years you're going to be bereft of those high-round picks. I, I just – for someone like Peyton, it would go against not only what we want him to do or think he will do, but every moral conviction he stands on, Chad. He talks about – stockpiling capital, building through the draft, not being reckless, but being aggressive. If this was 2022, he had a year on the job and the Broncos still needed a quarterback, I would say go for it, be aggressive, make the move, pull a trigger. Realistically, I'll believe it when I see it. That's all I'll say. All right, guys, as we get out of here, I want to remind you to come follow the Huddle Up podcast page on Facebook. I'll put the link in the chat because we're building that up. We're growing it on Facebook, the actual podcast page on Facebook. And we're going to be randomly selecting three names from those who are liking and following the page. Sunday night, we'll announce the three winners. And it's a hat, it's a t-shirt, and it's a mug going out. So uh, also some big plans as far as content and shares over there. So it's, it's easy to find. You open up the Facebook app, search Huddle Up Pod. You'll find us. And then we'll. I just put the link here in the chat. And then also... You know, Facebook's not your thing. Connect on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Also, the main account at Mile High Huddle. <clears throat> uh, my partner is at Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen, and our producer John K M H H. You know him as Buana Beast on Twitter at John K M H H. And then um, one last reminder: since this is the last time our great community will hear from us this week, go become a supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook if you want in on Kelberman's Corner. Sunday uh, noon, it's episode five, Zach Kelberman, Kim Becker. It's a different flavor than these live streams that, you know, can go an hour plus. It's a little bit, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much. It's just a different flavor, but it's hot takes. You know how Zach can, can spit fire? It's hot takes. They hold water, though. So 
Go become a supporter and you click the big blue button. Or right now, if you're on Facebook, you scroll to the bottom or you would put your chat, your comment. There's a green icon. Click that. You're in like Flynn. But whatever you do, at least please subscribe. Like this video before you dip on out, gang. And then share it out if we're doing a good job. So, Zach, hey, man, have a great weekend. We'll we'll reconvene, of course, for Sunday, Kelberman's Corner and the Huddle Up podcast Sunday night for the Super Bowl. Um, we're still not sure what we're going to do for the Super Bowl, so stay tuned on that. We'll announce on social media what our plans are, but we're going to do something fun Sunday. Yeah, we'll have uh, some sort of interaction involvement for the big game, but uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Kelberman's Corner, noon, Mountain Time, Sunday. Subscribe if you haven't. I promise you I will make it worth your while. Sunday night, regardless of when the game, we will finalize that, let you guys know. That's why you have to follow us, guys. Chad and Jensen on Twitter, Kelberman NFL on Twitter for me, Mile Huddle on Twitter. Follow Huddle Up Pod for the latest breaking news and updates. You will know if you follow when we'll be going live. Follow Scout Kennedy, our great guest, Scott Kennedy, tonight. Great film breakdowns, great guy, great football knowledge. But we'll see you Sunday afternoon and then Sunday night. Take care. Until next time, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.